Okay, I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, thank You. Today we ask, um, Holy Spirit, I just ask for Your anointing that, that opens people's eyes. I thank You for Your anointing that, uh, um, I thank You for the honey of revelation today, the honey of revelation that our eyes would become bright and see. Lord, in Your light we see light. And I thank You for the, the, the tangible presence and love of God permeating the sanctuary, invading the live stream. I thank You, Lord, for the, for the tangible love of the Lord. And I thank You today for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I thank You for a break or anointing. I thank You for exposing lies. Uh, and I thank You, Lord, that, that, that wherever You are, there we may be also. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. So um, this is the fifth of the Ascension series. And um, we were gonna have uh, Janet and Wes come. They are gonna meet us up in Munta, but he's uh, uh, head cold, runny nose, probably sore throat. And he just said he didn't want to, uh, he just, he just, uh, they just went straight up there basically like this. And, and, and with, with the current hysteria and climate, I just thought, okay. And so they, were, they would have loved to have been here this morning, but um, I just thought it was wise for them to, they're going straight up there. And, and I'm gonna find out if they're gonna minister. We'll never know until we get up there. And so I'm sure you're watching the live stream, guys. Uh, um, just let me know on the journey on the way up. And um, yeah, we're gonna be, it's, it's some amazing things happening in the Spirit at the moment. Um, but the Lord is, is that, that we really are on the move in regards to taking territory from the enemy. It's very, very exciting, but... What I want to do in the midst of this, uh, when I knew I was going to uh, uh, speak this morning, um, I just got a very, very clear and crazy word. And one of the things is this, is that I say, or we say very, very strong things, but we always tie them into the word. Ascension isn't some kooky, escapist, disassociation, uh, 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 abdicating responsibility. Ascension is all through Scripture. God's so into ascension that He welcomed in Enoch. He's into it. God's into it, okay? All right? And, and, and He didn't say, Elijah, we don't do this now. You know? And so um, we've been talking about, and, and again, by the grace of God, I will just, um, uh, Daryl spoke on the fivefold and then uh, we had a conversation on the phone and something got quickened to me about ascension. And... But for, for, for a way of a label that's, that's convenient, yes, there's a fivefold ministry, but also to the, the, the fivefold ministry have that's the ascension gifts. Jesus ascended on high and He let captivity captive and He gave gifts to men. And so I believe people with an ascension gift need to know what ascension is. And when they know what ascension is, they have to help lead other people into ascension. It's all through Scripture. Oh, it, it is. It's really through Scripture. <laughs> it just is. We've, yeah. <laughs> and one of the things is that, is that again, I, I, it's interesting, Adrian, I, I, when we caught up in, uh, um, in the parade that time, is when we, after you, I think, I think it was before you, you arrived, I think, I'm just sitting there and the Lord started speaking to me about uh, gravitational pull. And He started speaking to me about the universe and black holes and, and fallen stars. And He started to show me, and it's all, again, all through the Word, is that the, the gravitational pull of everything in the Spirit, but, a, but especially in the realm of glory. And the fact that we are the most powerful gravitational pull in the universe comes from the throne of God. The love of God, the love of the Father, the throne of God. And you go, well, how come, so, how come it's so obscured and so many people are caught up and they haven't, lives haven't been transformed? It's simply because we are made in God's image and we can actually engage with things that aren't God and create a gravitational field. It's called idolatry, it's called fear, it's called worry, it's dark matter, it's dark energy, but it pulls us in. And we don't have to try and ascend and strive to ascend, we've got to make sure we're free. It says, uh, um, John says, do not love the world or the things in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. For if someone idolatrously lays a hold of the world, the love of the Father's not in him. And that's a gravitational pull. 
So we've been talking about that as well. And then last week we were talking about people's desire to get their prayer breakthrough actually keeps them from their prayer breakthrough. And Jesus said, if you seek first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things will be added. It was not a quid pro quo that God says, if you invest in my Kingdom, then I'll eventually get around to giving you your stuff. No, is it nothing? There's nothing down here. There is nothing down here. We're called to ascend, to align with what already is. We are already blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Obadiah 1.17, and in Zion, there will be deliverance, there will be holiness and people will possess their possessions. So when we don't let the desire for things rule over us, we ascend and not only do we get the benefits of, I forget not His benefits, of intimacy and walking and being seated with the Lord, we get all those things anyway, as long as they're not the most important thing. So ascension is, is so important, but I wanna get down to the absolute essence of what ascension is about, the absolute, absolute mechanics of it this morning and, uh, um, and how we're wired. When I was researching this, I found, I found it very amusing when I was researching human nature, but we wanna look at the essence, okay? The essence of ascension. If we are not captured by the world, in fear, worry and idolatry, being in Christ, the default is ascension. So it actually says that pure religion is, is orphans and we're helping our orphans and widows and to be, can, can see, keep yourself undefiled from the world. So it's, 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 it's once that's been dealt with in Christ, you, you find yourself ascended. So who wants to know about that? All the mechanics, just that, the how to, and we're gonna get straight into it. Okay, can we please put up the first Scripture? Holy Ghost, He who does not love, I'm getting whacked, come on, that's a bonus. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Is there a more profound Scripture? It says God is Spirit, God is light, God is love. Is there a more profound Scripture? We could say God loves and He does, but God is love, God is agape. And it's a unique word. You've got eros for erotic love, a philos, which is brotherly love or friendship, but then you've got agape. And agape is a unique word that we see in Scripture that is the God type of love, but it's actually the essence of God. And it's like, what happens is that uh, uh, um, we're gonna find out today, if we haven't already, is that why we need to be, why we need to know God and what that actually looks like. So, so it doesn't, it, God is love. That's really crazy because I believe when it says all the creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed, is that the world is, has been manifesting darkness. But when the sons of God realise that God is love, we start to manifest that love and it looks like something. Now, straight away, we instantly go, we instantly go feeling, you know, all of a sudden the whole church becomes a walking huggy bear army. Come here, bro, I love you, man. No, man, I love you. And we start to associate with, with limited, limited understanding. Let's go into this, 1 Corinthians 13, 8. And you go, excuse me, is there a wedding going on here? No, but we can still read this without a wedding. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, love never fails but where there are prophecies, they will fail. That's been a bit of a theme, hasn't it? Okay. <laughs> Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Love never fails. So God is love and agape never fails. That's crazy. That's crazy. I remember when my, my brain started to hit critical mass of development and my father, my, my, my dad is actually very well read, very intelligent person. And I've had these encounters with the Lord and I'm trying to relate them to him. And he could just like easily deflect and bat them down. Then one day my, my brain hit critical mass and by the grace of God, Spirit of Counsel. And my dad said to me, he goes, Todd, there's no absolutes. And I went, Dad, that's an absolute. Oh, oh yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Love never fails. Love never fails. Never fails. God is love. 
And so one of the reasons, uh, <laughs> hang on, all right, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. I don't wanna jump ahead of myself. And we know in part, we prophesy in part, okay? But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Is there a bit more after that that I put? Hang on, let's have a look. Sorry, that was, that was, the, that was the, sorry. Go to the next one, 13, 13, please. Thank you, 13, 13. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So in eternity, I don't believe there'll be faith. Because right now it says we walk by faith and not by sight. We see in the Spirit, we can encounter God, but, but people go, where's God? Where's the proof of, you know? And it says, we can see His handiwork. But it says, it says abide in these three. And, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit's been given to us. But the greatest of these is love. Love is probably the only permanent attribute we take into eternity. God is love, love never fails, and, 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 and you, you're actually partaking of a level of, of eternity and permanency when you actually start to cultivate this. And so it's permanent. And so, so love, is, love is permanent. Now we've been talking about ascension and what that looks like. So firstly, we've just outlined who, who God actually is. And today is about building into ascension. We've got to build into ascension. Most of us, if not all of us, have had encounters. I've had amazing encounters, almost sort of like stop, I'm about to die from your goodness in this encounter. I've had those. But then we have to build in response to the encounter. Okay, so responsibility, you break it down, it's our response ability, it's our ability to respond to encounters. I'm all for encounters, but we, but, but uh, it, God wants us to engage that process so we can actually live from another place. So what I wanna do is I wanna establish the connection. See, it's not about, it, <laughs> it says, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. It says, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. That's, that's easier to pray than walk out. Now, what is the will of God? Now we know that it's to be conformed to the image of a son according to Romans 8.32. But when we get down to it, what is the most important thing to God? And all through Scripture, it's very clear, it's our complete love and devotion to Him. Not what we do for Him. What we do for Him should come out of that place. And so when we actually, when we set our love. We are coming into agreement with the will of God. We're coming to agreement, we're saying yes and amen, Lord, what You want, I'm in agreement and I am gonna hitch my wagon to what You think is the most important thing. That's the heart of ascension. But you see all through Scripture. Let's do Psalm 91, right at the end. God says, because He has set His love upon me, therefore I'll deliver Him and I will set Him on high. That's ascension. I'll set him on high because he has known my name. So, so even all the way back then, ascension is real. David understood ascension. So we know that God is love. Love never fails. A, 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 a faith, hope, love, the greatest of these is love. And then we, got, we break it down even further to Colossians. And it says here, uh, uh, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Uh, 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 sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. So again, we're talking about, I, I personally believe that the primary spiritual law is focus. If you can't focus, you're gonna have a rough time. Focus is a muscle, you gotta build. It really, really is. When, when we're talking about meditation a while ago, focus, and then what happens is the, the, the nature of focus is that it, it tends to, it's not static. It's easy to focus on an image because you can just hold it. That's what they did with the bronze serpent in the wilderness, okay? Uh, fixing a rise upon Jesus is a lot more abstract these days than just the bronze serpent in the wilderness. So, so, so God understands this and, he, and, and it, says, it says, set your, your mind on things above, but that's a muscle. Because people are like, yep, yep, yep. And some people, man, they tap out after 10 seconds. 
And that's okay because then we've just got to go back to that spot, tap out after 12 seconds, go back to that spot, tap out after 15 seconds. I don't mean tap out, I mean get distracted. You start thinking about the bills you have to pay. You know, you've got to, you start thinking about your responsibilities and that gravitational pull takes you out of fellowship with God. So it says set your mind, but here I think the word is phreneo and it actually is mind and affection. Mind and affection. And, uh, uh, well, focus and affection. So we go to a conference or go to a meeting and we're going, man, God is love. If I've set my love upon Him, He'll, He'll set me on high. And we come out and we're like, I've got to love God. I've got to cultivate loving God. The, the love of God or connecting to the love of God is the spirit of ascension. Yeah, I've got to do that. And then that, <laughs> then we fail. We forget because, I mean, I'll be honest, there's a lot of detail coming at us every day these days. It's it, 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 everything's sort of like, we have access to more information than ever before, but there's more information coming at us. You have to protect that focus. You have to be vigilant. And so we go, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, and, and, and then we go, I'm gonna love God. And then we, we crash and then the enemy accuses us. And we have to learn what it is to build. And today is about building because setting your mind on God is abstract. It's abstract. It's not easy to picture. Setting your mind on God. Hang on. I'm boiling. Yeah, there we go. Oh, got three thermals under this. No, I don't. All right. Munter. Okay. So, <laughs> you get it. There we go. So, so the realm of the Spirit is abstract. Set your mind on things above. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. This is why we have to walk with the Lord because we have encounters that we can go back into our, through our memory and also till we got the Word of God as well. And so this is interesting. I just read this lately. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Firstly, is it, is it all of my years of, of, of working with people, especially trying to help people. Uh, you know what, and, and I'll, I'll say this, I know, and I know I can't fix anyone and nor do I try to. No one can fix anyone. We can love people, we can help people, but no one can fix other people. And that's where a lot of ministries burn out, is they try and fix people. You can't fix anyone. You can love them, but ultimately, and you can't heal anyone, God heals. God heals. When you lay your hands and speak by faith, you release the Lord's virtue. It's not you. When you say kind words or comfort someone or hold someone, it's still the Lord. It's still the Lord through you. And so, so but what I have found is this, is that most people, their issue is not the physical problem, the money, the relationship, a whole bunch of things, because we think it is. What it is, is feelings. It's nearly all feelings. Case in point, you could have a dream about a door, about a tree, and I'll go, how did you feel about it? And they'll go, awesome. And I'm like, that's a good dream then. How do you feel about it? I felt really scared. That's a terrible dream. Not only, not only does it, but it was the same tree. Not only does affect colour our reality, our feelings create reality. And we start to understand that because it says set your mind or your affection on things above, but we're this complex being and I wanna deconstruct it so badly today. <laughs> I do. Now, we know it says be transformed by the renewing of our mind. If you want transformation, you have to go after your thought life. You have to be militant. But we're not good at thinking ourselves into new feelings. We're not good, but we have to. We have to change how, I, how we think. You can't change how you feel. It's like, it, feelings are like a river. And you're like, oh, don't like, don't, know, don't like where this is going. So you put a dam. And the beauty, beauty of this is, is that what will happen is the feelings see the wall and they just go around and they carve out new tributaries. And you're going, now I've suppressed my feelings and it's manifesting, I'm a total weirdo. You can change how you think, but it's very hard to change how you feel 
You need to understand that your brain is the battlefield. Your mind is the battlefield. People, you know, people that the heart wants what the heart wants. It's true. But we've got to make sure that it's our servant and not our master. Otherwise, people acquire a taste for all things that are destructive. So, so, so we're not good at thinking ourselves into new feelings. Again, this is not my quote. We are not thinking creatures that feel. We are feeling creatures that think. We are not thinking creatures that feel. We are feeling creatures that think. And you start to see that and you've got, you've got your physical world. Now we should be completely run by the realm of the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, worship in Spirit and truth, God is Spirit. But unless we've cultivated that, the gravitational pull is the natural. And when you try and conform to the image of God in the natural, the Bible calls it carnal, all right? It doesn't work. So you get pseudo-spirituality where someone, their heart is dark, but they go, God bless you, brother. And you're like, don't, (laughs) just don't. And that's what happens when we try and fake the spirituality, but we need to know how we're wired. Is it, this is a feelings factory can only be changed by the focus factory. But it's the feelings factory. You got people, when you can't control your feelings, you're in trouble. One of the fruit of the Spirit, yeah, you can get that. Go on, little girl, get the ball. Okay, so, (laughs) and it's all right. So so you can't, could she get lower in the seat? Do the limbo man. And anyway, you can't, when you can't control your feelings, one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And that's actually one of, the, one of the fruit of the Spirit. So when you get down to even more, you go, how can we feel what we feel? I'm glad you're asking in your heart. It's called neurotransmitters. You go, are you telling me that neurotransmitters shape and control much of my reality? I am saying that. And probably a hundred years of research shows that. I believe at the moment we're in a point in history where people in power understand the human condition and neurotransmitters can be easily manipulated. So you can actually affect people's feelings. <laughs> and this is one of the things that's happening. Because even when we've proven that, 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 that COVID is like, the mortality rate is extremely low. In fact, it's almost exactly like the flu. You still see people driving, wearing masks on their own in their cars. Because, no, that's neurotransmitters. They feel unsafe because they've had that preached to them. So let's go through some of these neurotransmitters because you know what? They've been shaping your life. Let's have an introduction lesson. The first one, aptly named dopamine. It's the feel-good hormone. It's the important part of your brain's reward system. It's associated with pleasurable sensations along with learning, memory and more. And it's like, it's, it's dopamine. And it's like, <laughs> it, 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 it's that sense of reward. Just, isn't it crazy? I do believe that we're made in the image of God and there's a level of dignity about the human, about humanity. But when you start to break some of the things down, you know, when we are connected to God and cultivating that God nature, we become like animals. That's why there's the mark of the beast. The human nature outside of God is a beastly nature built solely around appetites. Let's not kid ourselves. You read the, you read the epistles, have people who've been given over to appetites and they become like beasts. And we have to transcend this. We are more than our appetites and we need to be more than our neurotransmitters. And so neurotransmitters are connected to our reward system and and they're not necessarily bad. So today, today is not about putting a sword to the neurotransmitters. It's like putting a dam to the feelings. It's not gonna work. Otherwise, can you imagine completely removing all your feelings? That's called a zombie. 
or a religious zombie. You have feelings, but you need to know how they work. And you know, when you go, I feel, I feel really flat today. Should I put on the garment of praise or eat the chocolate, 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 eat the chocolate? Okay, I'm going to have the chocolate, but then we'll praise God. Okay. <laughs> it's temporary, the passing pleasures of chocolate. Okay. <laughs> Serotonin, this regulates your, your mood. So if like, oh, yeah. missing a bit of serotonin today. Uh, sleep, appetite, digestion, how you learn and your memory. Okay, oxytocin. It's called the love hormone. Okay. It's essential for childbirth, breastfeeding. Now, when you break down and you look at parenting, especially from a mother's end, right? When you look at it from a mother's end, you're going, dang, that oxytocin is strong. It is. That, 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 that wanting to have children, having children, breast, giving birth, breastfeeding. But it's, it's, that, it's, that, it's that, that hormone, it's the love hormone. And it, it promotes trust and empathy. It helps you bond in relationships. It's connected to physical affection and intimacy. Okay. And, and then you have endorphins. And that's your body's natural pain relief. Um, in which you're, uh, you know, at the moment, my son's going through a lot, uh, like a, in getting into fitness. And when you get fit, your body releases endorphins and you, get, you start liking that feeling of being very alert feeling empowered. There's nothing wrong with feeling fit. It, it actually says uh, 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 bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. So it actually says it's, it's good. It's okay to be fit. It's better. The, the, the other option is unfit. Okay. You don't want that. Okay. And so uh, what happens is it, is it increases when you engage in reward producing activities, uh, physical intimacy, eating and working out, etc. So So you have these and what's crazy is that this is how you're wired. And you can't just, just shut it down and damn it up. So now here we have set your affection on things above. You've got all of these dopamine levels, endorphins, oxytocin, pumping through our system. And, and they pretty much all connected to eating and drinking and intimacy and whatever. But God says, set your affection on things above. That's so abstract. So people, they come out, yeah, I gotta love God, yeah, gotta love God like this, and then bang, they fail within five minutes. Because we fail to understand how we're made. Now, who's ever heard about or read about the five love languages? Come on. And so you got touch, time, words, gifts, and acts of service. And they're all legitimate. One's not more important than the other. But what I think's amazing, because I'm convinced that God is looking for transformation is somehow God seems to pair up couples that have the opposite love languages. <laughs> and what we do, we end up loving our spouse through our own love language. <laughs> so what happens is your, your spouse needs, you know, your spouse needs time and you go, I'm gonna buy you something. And they're going, they're unappreciative. I can't believe that. You know, let's say your, your love language is oxytocin and you get it from a cuddle or a hug. And it's, you, say, you see your spouse, you come here, I'm gonna love me. <laughs> it's crazy. Because these are strong, they're powerful. And, and so all of those express an element of love or connection, but God usually pairs us with someone with the opposite. Can you imagine if you just had some, married to someone with the same love languages, you'd never ever grow. You'd never grow. And God wants to, because it, it, because it looks like knowing the Lord, it takes time. And, and the, sacrificial, the, 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 the sacrifice of praise. Serving. <laughs> You know, uh, 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 God is touched by what we go through. We can touch Him. 
So, so these are important because those love languages are, are the primary expression, the primary expression of actually how we get those neurotransmitters flowing through our body. So they're all connected to reward. Now, through ignorance or just carnal living, we attach our affection to things other than the Lord. And they start to become mountains and the Lord becomes a molehill. We don't magnify the Lord. We magnify the things we set our affection to. So we have this incredibly deep and rich epistle from John, 1 John, and God is love and he does not love God, does not know God for God is love and let us love one another. Um, and it says, you know, this is how we overcome the world, even our faith and so on and so on. It's quite profound. And then right at the very end of this very, very deep and rich uh, Hebraic letter, it says this scripture right at the end of 1 John chapter 5, verse 21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Because he knows the magnificence of the love of God, the love of the Father can be utterly short-circuited. Number one, because we have free will. And number two, we call to create. And we can actually build, we can set our affection to objects or things over God and actually create dopamine, endorphins, oxytocin. That's the power of humanity is we can attach ourselves to things that aren't God and get that. And what you have is as a level where there might seem to be a level of reciprocation. But in the end, it says vanity, vanity, all is but vanity. It's just, it says to know God, to walk with Him, the definition of eternal life. So, so here, you know, um, my, the, the thing that, 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 that sort of, I would say transitioned me, and, it's, and I would see it as training wheels. What transitioned me from being a boy to a man would, was sport. And I was a shy kid. It was, my story is very unusual. I was, a, I was a shy kid, you're kidding me. Yes, I was, right, was. And, and uh, um, I was an artist, I was very talented, but I, I hated meeting new people, I was very introverted. And then one day I was watching a tennis game and I would have, oh gosh, it would have been, I would have been nine. And I watched this tennis game and it was like destiny. So all the lights switched on, I go, I am going to play tennis. And then um, my favourite player was, uh, uh, the guy that, that dialed me in was actually a rock star type in tennis. His name was Guillermo Vilas. He was the number one for Argentina. He won the Australian Open twice, US Open, French Open. I, I'm just like this, absolute like, something just, just, the light went on. I threw myself into tennis. And then I found out that something unlocked in me. I became very gifted at sport. I picked up football quite late, year eight. I'd never played football up to then. And my coordination, my hand-eye coordination, my depth perception, my, my fine, fine motor skills, all those things, like I could just do most sports. And I, I sowed pretty much my full affection into it, my full affection. And there was a level of, you know, building with team and camaraderie and, and learning goals and pushing through pain, all of those things. But what happens over life is you realise, you know, I remember I came to the Lord and I was playing tennis. I was, I was number one Div 1 seniors uh, club and I dove for a shot. I probably thought I was Boris Becker, right? And I took the skin off my knee. I was already saved for about six months. And I would say it's the only time and the last time I ever blasphemed. I took the skin off my knee and went, Jesus Christ, like this. And I went, whoa. And then I started to realise so many things. Is it, it's okay to enjoy life and live life, but I started to invest so much affection into this, it actually became hard to receive spiritually because all affection carries with it a gravitational pull. They're not bad, they need to be managed. Children are meant to have soul ties with parents. Parents are meant to have soul ties with one another. These aren't bad things. But when they, we actually sow into that above and beyond God, it becomes idolatrous. And in the end, the reciprocation will dry up and you're left with nothing. When people, when we identify, they go, oh my gosh, neurotransmitters, these are real. And, and uh, um, you know, I, Life is a lot different to what we think it is. 
You know, one of the things, now this is not me, by the way, I'm actually citing something. You know, uh, the, two biggest, the two biggest fears, this is very, very common information, two biggest fears are public speaking and death. Some people rather die before they publicly speak. It really, it's, a, it's a really big deal. I've been there. It's like, it was hell. <laughs> and the, uh, uh, and that's, that's one of the, but, but, but the biggest regrets people have on their, on their deathbed Number one is nearly all people regret not ha- having more children. And you're going, man, children are sacrificed. Yeah, absolutely. But when people start to live out their last moments, they start to see things in perspective. What are the important things? But the, the other thing too is people, people actually not taking risks and living their dream. People regret it. And people don't do that out of fear. The problem with idols is they cannot ever deliver you ever from fear. And fear is the big one. I think that when I'm speaking to you guys, I'm not, I don't think it's necessary I'm speaking to an idolatrous church. You are not the Corinthians. Thank goodness. Okay. You read first and second Corinthians, you're like, ugh. Uh, <laughs> But the fear and the worry, especially that's been preached in the atmosphere, uh, 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 atmosphere. Okay, First John four eighteen and nineteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. There's no fear in God, but God God casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We loved we love him because he first loved us. Now, this is important. It's that your affection for things will never deliver you from fear. Idols cannot deliver you from anything. But we have this whole serotonin connection. And the important thing is, is that we love Him because we fir- He first loved us. That's reciprocated. Did you know, did you know that God loved you before you even knew there was a God? Did you know that God loved you before He even knew He loved you? See, that's the default, that's like ascension. It's weird because sometimes very occasionally, like Saul on the road to Damascus, the love of God will arrest somebody. But God is love. And, and this, this, this is a profound reality. And, and so for us to ascend, you can't ascend just out of willpower. You actually start to cut off those, those low level gravitational pulls and you lean into the natural default of ascension because you're already seated in heavenly places. So the passing pleasures of sin, but eventually that low level gravity will, keep it, will stop us from ascending. So as we're saying before, we're feeling creatures who think. You know, one of the things is, uh, uh, um, over the, I personally believe marriage should get better over time. I really do. Our marriage has got better over time. Uh, we've always been happy, but just you grow together in the Lord. And it's like, we're talking about learning to take those neurotransmitters and channel them towards the Lord. Uh, uh, yesterday, um, we hadn't done this for quite a while. I took Rachel out for brunch, breakfast. We had a nice time. And I said, excuse me, I've got to go to the little house on the prairie, all right? So I go there, come out like this. And we're, it was a nice place and she's reading her Bible. And she wasn't sort of like looking around and going, if you're taking a selfie to put it on Instagram. <laughs> you know, unless, it's on, unless someone sees that it's not real, you know. Um, but she was actually studying the Word and, you know, she comes back, talk to me about Balaam and Balak and da 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 da, da. I'm going, wow, I didn't see that one coming. Um, and <laughs> thought we're having a romantic time. Okay. She goes, well, you know, there was a dumbass in that story and there's a whole other thing. <laughs> so, see, I've got it in there. So, <laughs> a mute donkey spoke to the madness of a prophet. Okay, dumbass. All right, so, that's what the King James says. Shibidibidi. All right, so, <laughs> I'm not sure I got away with that. All right, so. So what happens is that when Rachel spends so much time in the Holy Ghost and in the Word, it creates those neurotransmitters. Where you're going, I need to know. Oh, that's amazing. You start to build into ascension 
through setting your focus and affection on the things of God. It's powerful, but, but what you have is that there, there are lots of things. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to skip, uh, hang on, just, we, we just get the Philippians one ready. The Philippians, the Philippians one, one ready, that scripture there. So um, we've actually got to wean ourselves off of idolatry. Did you know that sport's not bad in itself? It's not, neither is money. But it's the affection that we create, we create a gravitational pull. And the problem with is that demons can get involved. And then you start actually, you know, it's like money is like, at the moment we don't have, we don't have necessarily, we're not dealing in commodities like we used to. And we don't have coins, you know, gold is a unique, commodity in, its, in, in, in and of itself. But now it's fiat money, it's, prom, it's a promise, it's a promissory note, right? It's, it's, it's got no life in it. But mammon is real. The demon behind money, which can be poverty and greed, those two things that we hear about, uh, Hugh's been talking to us about in Awakening Business, poverty and greed. And so, so we, can, we can actually attach ourselves to that. So, so, so we've got to untangle, but you go, loving God is abstract. Well, Primarily, it is worshipping the Lord and cultivating that, but changing how you think. You're going, but thinking about God is abstract. So God's good, He says, look, He understands the power of association. So He says this in Philippians. These are training wheels to ascension. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And sometimes you're going, loving God is abstract, but I can actually read someone's testimony. I can look at sound bites, even on social media of someone like Smith Wigglesworth or John G. Lake. I can hear how someone got healed through healing rooms. I can, I can look at creation and you go, man, this is crazy. You know, I love architecture because architecture points to higher design. That's what I, I, actually, I actually love looking at nice stuff and that's okay. See, as long as I, what I do is that when I start to meditate on these things, it's unto the Lord. I'm still creating those neurotransmitters, the dopamine. I look at a beautiful photo or go somewhere stunning and I'm still in that place, but it's not a bad thing. It's not an idol. It's actually pointing unto the Lord. Or I see someone's overcome in an area where I need to overcome in and I look at it and it's noble, it's got virtue, it's praiseworthy and those neurotransmitters kick in. But one of the things we have to be mindful, is the Bible's very clear, if your eye calls you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand calls you to sin, cut it off. It actually says, we have to shut down the gravitational pull of sin and fear and idolatry. Shut it down. But then start to meditate on whatever's pure. Especially when you have a child, especially a newborn, and just look at those tiny hands. And you look at that tiny nose and you go, I just know it's gonna grow a lot. And just the way, like, like you look at that and it points to God. You know, you, you, the best time to take photographs is when the sun is just rising and the sun is just setting, you get this unique light and you, it speaks of something amazing. The ocean speaks of something amazing. These are great because they point to the Lord. It says, it says, God is revealed through creation. And this is how you can still, see the point I wanna make is this, is that we have to change how we think but if we become religious zombies and shut off all of our neurotransmitters, it won't go well with us. You can't just go, now there is power in fasting. If you know there's something destructive on your life, stop it. If it's feeding you and what happens, the law of diminishing return kicks in. You need to indulge in something more to get the feeling that you used to get. That's what heroin addicts go through but we've actually got to learn to, to get those focus and feelings and put it on the Lord, because then you actually have your cake and eat it. This is how we tr build into ascension. Am I making sense? I look at art. When someone's creative, I go, wow, that's crazy. 
I go, look at someone like Leonardo da Vinci. He touched something, you know? And it's like, well, was he Pentecostal? Shut up. <laughs> Enough already. So we used this to, to supplement because stoicism doesn't work. You get people and they just, I mean, we need to be delivered from boring people. We do. Hallelujah. If the bland lead the bland, both will fall into a ditch. So, but there's something about creativity and, and, and hitching your wagon to those things that point to the Lord. But primarily we need it to be the Word. Primarily we need it to be worship and the presence of God. And something takes place. Something starts to happen. You start to hit a gusher. You hit a gusher. You go, what do you mean? It's first, where so where? All right, what are you doing today? Gonna love God. I said, oh my gosh, okay. Um, all right, weirdo. Uh, so, praise God. You wanna come around? No, you can do that on your own. All right, so um, it's too abstract. But when you start to, don't shut down the neurotransmitters, shut down the idols. And you start to, you know, people, you learn to acquire a taste for the things of the Spirit. Neurotransmitters are from the natural realm, but when you hit a gusher, you do not end up loving God in your own strength. You actually graduate from being rewarded by your dopamine, your oxytocin, and you start to tap into the agape love of God. That's how you start to build into ascension. That's where people, we think because we can't feel what other people feel explicitly, we just go, man, those people that gave their lives for the Gospel, they were just, I don't know how they did it. I'll tell you how they did it. They were completely baptised and engulfed and overcome by the love of God. They did not love their lives unto death. It says, it says talks about, set me as a seal on your heart, love is as strong as death. We, I don't think we understand the, the agape love of God. But today God's saying, He wants to meet us in the clouds. Behold, I saw a door standing open in heaven. My beloved came skipping on the mountaintops. He says, come away with me. That's where the ascension gifts need to train the saints in ascension so they can get all their stuff, but they're not ruled by their stuff. They're in the gravitational pull of the love of God, the throne of God, the Father. And they're actually still end up getting all, their, all these things, but they're not living for the things, they're living for the Lord. And, and, and we don't have to shut down the neurotransmitters. We have to realise when they're attached to things that are inappropriate and things that are excessive, you create the, the law of diminishing return. And next thing you know, you're spinning your wheels in a cycle and you're not ascending. There's nothing down here. There is no life down here outside of biological life, which is carnality. I'm not saying don't enjoy life. I'm saying don't set your affection unduly on things that don't bring life. They have to actually point to something greater. Everything, everything will pass except for those who do the will of God. They'll abide forever. So you've got like how, examples of graduating from stoicism to experiential reality. Let's do Psalm 34. This is, like not a, this is not a theology. He's testifying. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Taste and see. You can taste. You can taste that God is good. That actually floods your system and it brings a peace that is beyond neurotransmitters, beyond understandings. You start to understand the human makeup and you start to go, I am gonna set my love on Him. That's the first step. Because you don't, you know what happened? When you set your love on the Lord and then you hit a gusher, you don't go, I'm ascending. Do you know what? You just find yourself with Him. The Kingdom of God is within. It's not external, it does not come with observation. The Kingdom of God is within. Let's do the next Scripture, please. It says, They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. It says, For, you, for with you is the fountain of life and in your light we see light. This is ascension language. This is what happens. When you start to ascend, you start, we, that, that, that song says, and the things of earth go, grow strangely dim 
in the light of His glory and grace. So the essence of ascension is that God is love. He is slow to anger and quick to forgive. He takes our sins and He throws them as far as the east is from the, to the west and He'll never bring them into remembrance. What a mind-blowing God. And, you, and so when you start to taste and see that He's good, you actually don't go, what are you doing today? Well, I suppose I better pray. Better read my Bible. You actually are obsessed. You're lovesick. You're lovesick. You're lovesick. Our society is so far from the Kingdom of God culturally is we've got to give attention to all these things. And at the end of the day, is shut up, sit down and pay your bills and don't make a difference. And there's a system of slavery that we have to transcend. And it won't be just by like willing ourselves to do it. Love never fails. So we actually here, we have, we have the two steps basically. And then I'm gonna, well, here we go. Yeah, pull up stumps. Songs 2.16. My beloved is mine and I am his. He feeds his flock among the lilies. First up, the Shulamite or you or the church or Israel is going, my beloved is mine. Yeah, yeah, I love God. Yeah, I love Him. And you know, and you know, we've all got, we've all sat under that in youth rallies. Love the Lord, you know. <coughs> Sing louder. Your hands are raised, but they're not dislocating. Come on. It's true. And they're trying to tap into those neurotransmitters. And we're aware of that. But when we actually, you know, we actually, this is, this is, this is, the, this is the sign of maturity. Song, song 7, 10 and 12. 7, 10, I am my beloved's. Keep it on this. And His desire is towards me. We get not so much aware of, I love the Lord. You just start getting baptised in His love. The rivers of pleasure, His goodness start flowing in and through you. And ascension is the natural, innate, inevitable response to the Lord. We don't shut down those neurotransmitters and become disassociated Stoics. Because people need to see you happy. That's what the word blessed means. Unhappy people aren't gonna lead people to Christ. They see it on your face. I led someone to the Lord like a long time ago, uh, one of the guys I went to school with. He literally like, keep, keep that up there. He like, he goes, I, I heard you Bible college and you really give me your life for the Lord, I think it's great. And I'm like, wow, you're the first person that said that. And he goes, and he, I'm, I was in Tramie, he was in Highbury. <laughs> this is so crazy, his name's David. He's now in, um, I think, ministry um, and we, we're, we're still connect. And he goes, hey, Kim, Kim, do you mind if I come around? I said, sure. And he knew where I live and I sort of like, I hung up the phone and it was like, like this, and it was like. <laughs> he come in, I'm not kidding. I can't even believe I'll get rewarded for this one day. He goes, can, how can I be saved? He said, can I, can I? I'm like, all right, no worries. So I led him to the Lord and, and the love of God hit him. And it just was, you know, crazy. So he was, he was working at David Jones, right? He didn't own the place. Um, and... <coughs> And there's no other store like, but basically is that he rocked up and people go, all right, this is, this is, this is on a Monday. Come on, are you gonna tell me about it? They're like, what? He goes, what did you get to the weekend? He goes, oh, no, not much. And he goes, you've met someone, haven't you? And they're like, what? So we can see, you look like you're in love. You look like you're in love. That people, people could actually see, they could actually see the, the love of the Lord on him. That's how people come to Christ. That's how they come to Christ. And they see that and they go, hey, can you tell me what's happened to you? So we got here, I am my beloved's and His desire is towards me. Just go down the next bit. <clears throat> and then it says, uh, let us get up early and you, now you know it's love. <laughs> let us get up early to the vineyards. <laughs> Let us see if the vine has budded, whether the grape blossoms are open and the pomegranates are in bloom. Uh, there I will give you my love. So now what happens 
is that the, the Shulamite is talking to uh, the king and saying, you know what? I before it was about my love for you, but now I'm just receiving your love. And now, you know, when you walk with the Lord, you actually get dopamine, oxytocin, etc. when you do what pleases Him, because you're walking with Him. When you serve so, you know when no one can see, no one can see where you stay back and you clean something up. You're doing before an audience of one. I've done cleaning before. I can't remember what year it was. Um, anyway, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm pretty good, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty, pretty good, I'm pretty good. It was in October, no. Um, I've had the most powerful times God spoke to me when I was cleaning when no one else could see. Because you feel His pleasure. And, and, and you're doing an act of service. Everything you do is under the Lord. We've got to get out of that selfish sort of like, okay, what trans- neurotransmitter do I want today? Then you engage in the same old stuff. You're going, hmm, doesn't feel as good as it used to. I wonder. Because we actually have to take that and we actually have to set our love upon Him. And then what happens is you get your glory cake and eat it too, is that all these things that are under your feet, you can't, if you're like, I really need, and we magnify them above us, we can never overcome them. And the Lord says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things will be added to you. Can we put the pads on please? And if we can get out our communion. Building into ascension. This morning the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit wanted to unpack the absolute doability of what it is to set our affection and our love on Him. You build it. You build it. Initially you might not get the reward through your feels. But if we want to come into new places, we have to think and do new things. And we are creatures of feeling. We've got to recognise that and feelings are to intensify encounter, but they cannot run our lives and they are not the love of God. And this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit wanted to show what our nature is and how we can start to build into that place our feelings and what we attach them to outside of God will never deliver us from fear. But the Lord says, because He has set His love upon me, I will deliver Him and I will set Him on high. So Lord, we thank You today. This is the day that You've made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I thank You, Lord, for keys to ascension. I thank You that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, including our neurotransmitters. I thank You, Lord, that You are showing us ancient paths, ancient paths. So Lord, right now, this communion that we hold in our hands represents the love of the Father, the love of the Son, and the communion of the Holy Spirit Bless this to our body in Jesus' Name. going good do you think you can build into that there's no way around it it's like process building 
So don't forget Tuesday night, that's gonna be epic night. Um, praise God. And uh, uh-huh. and some of us are gonna head up to Moonton now. So I'll get that jacket back on, thank you very much. And uh, we'll see some of you this afternoon uh, here and some of you Tuesday night. God bless you guys.